It's time for Sports Sunday with Alex Crawford. That's so sad for my team and me. I'm such a big supporter. Chris Babona. This guy's either going to think, here's another kid with a fake ID, or here's McLovin, the 25-year-old Hawaiian organ donor. And Brooks Clark. I mean, it's one banana, Michael. What could it cost? $10? Sports Sunday is made possible by Hotline Roofing. Century Industries and the Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association. Bienvenidos, aloha, welcome into Sports Sunday. Alex Crawford, Chris Babona, Howard Kroom with you here sitting high above 17th Street. A beautiful day, really. I love, this is SoCal fall weather. I know we 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 often start the show talking about the weather, a little cliche, but it, I do love SoCal fall. Howard, you and I... We've lived up in a place that really has fall. Chris, you wouldn't know this. You haven't left SoCal. But we we grew up in a – or we didn't grow up. We lived in a spot that had some real fall weather, and that's great. I love watching the leaves change. I love fall. But I do like Southern California fall. This is about as cold as it gets. You get a little cloud cover, a little chill in the air. Good for fall fashion. Put on a light sweater. Fall fashion. Yeah. Oh, you big fall fashion guy, Chris. Yeah. What's – what, Ugg boots and uh, vests? Sweater vests? (laughs) Break out the Lululemon joggers at this time. There we go. I got some Lululemon shorts. I'm not wearing them. I'm wearing je- See, I'm wearing jeans today. I got to wear jeans today. I haven't had on a pair of jeans since March, and that's an absolute. I haven't had on a belt, a pair of jeans, anything since March. Yeah. And that's dub- I think that's the double-edged sword of Southern California's warm weather plus COVID. Like, you don't have to go into work, right? Right. You just work from home. Absolutely. Just comfy. It's comfortable. For sure. This has got to be the first time I've worn pants in the studio this year, it's been so hot in the studio over the summer now, finally. Yeah, that's down. that's a good yeah. point. That's a really good point uh, because it is so hot in here on Sundays. They don't turn the air conditioning on in this building. And there were times this summer, it was a, it was a sweat lodge up in here. It was a, it was a, a tinderbox almost ready to ignite. Absolutely, but we're good today. Got a lot of sports going on, big time. Dodgers coming up, a lot oh, going on. It. You know it. It's always got Sunday football, but yeah. good day to be here, so I'm yeah. happy, happy we're here. Well, we will talk about quite a bit of Dodgers today. As we as we heard Manny there with the Traveling Blues Medicine Show teasing into our show. Thanks, Manny. I don't know if we give Manny enough love, but they do a great job, or he does a great job on the Traveling Blues Medicine Show. But we got, uh, we got World Series Game 5 tonight, and it's a huge game because if you saw the way – Game four ended last night for the Dodgers and for the Rays. It was absolutely crazy. Chris, I know you were there, yeah. sort of. You were at the drive-in theater experience at Dodger Stadium, mm-hmm. Chavez Ravine. So we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. We, we've got actually, I want to talk some college football today. I know there's NFL. I know the Chargers are playing right now against the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Rams are on Monday Night Football this week. So we will talk uh, some Monday. We'll talk some NFL, but I want to talk about college football things are gearing up we're two weeks away from pac-12 kicking off the big 10 in the mountain west kicked off yesterday and we'll have brandon sprague from portland sports radio 1080 the fan former colleague of mine um, and just a great guy to have on the show he's going to join us at 4 15 we got a lot of dodgers talk we've got some high school sports talk we got nfl we've got we've really got another full show and this is and the main and the crux of the show today the main thing worth talking about is potentially historic night for Clayton Kershaw, a potentially career-changing night for Clayton Kershaw, and a potentially franchise-altering night for the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. So a lot is riding uh, on that as we've got the TV on here in the studio. Countdown to World Series Game 5. First pitch is at, what, 508. five 5.08 on Fox. Our show ends at 5. Take us about eight minutes to get home, and we'll get you geared up. So thanks for making us your Perfect. Dodgers baseball pregame show. But to start things off, let's do the big three at three. Number three. All right, starting things off on the big three at three. Two local high school baseball studs, Ben Jacobs and Will O'Neill. Now, not the same Will O'Neill that's the mayor of Newport Beach, but they both live in Newport Beach. This Will O'Neill, Newport Harbor High School pitcher, and Ben Jacobs from CDM, both going uh, D1 for baseball. Both going D1 for baseball. And, and, nice. you, and you know, you used to catch uh, for Will O'Neill, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we grew up together in HBA, and then also in high school. I caught him a ton of times. He's a very talented pitcher. And Can you hitter. give us a little advanced scouting report on Will? Yeah, so he's a lefty. Good for him. He, he did a lot, a lot of work in the weight room building up, and I think that he is going to be a great asset to USC. So I think nice. coming from the 
the right side of the rubber, he's going to be pretty good. Yeah, so we've got, I'm sorry, I said CDM. I was wrong. Correct me. Correct me next time I get that wrong. But Ben Jacobs from Huntington Beach High School is going to go play at UC Irvine. And Will O'Neill from Newport Harbor High School is going to go play at USC. So two local high school baseball studs going D1. Ben Jacobs and Will O'Neill, not the mayor of Newport, who's also Will O'Neill. And one of them keeping it local here at UC Irvine, which is a great representative of Southern California, OC mm-hmm. baseball, always a powerhouse. Chris, to the I know you're there. a big anteater homer, zot, zot, yeah. zot, as oh, they yeah. say. I got a lot of family ties there. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. Zot, it is zot, what they zot. say. Yep. Zot it up. Go anteaters. Go eaters. Go eaters, baby. Uh, any any more thoughts? I know you're like, if anybody knows high school baseball here, Chris, it's you, because I don't know jack about that. Yeah, I know. I just I think those guys coming out of OC, it's huge to get that representation at the D1 level, Big West. I know they're going USC and then UCI, so it's just great to see all around. I, I mean, and there's UC Irvine, there's Cal State Fullerton. It's like a little, you know, there's some some baseball royalty down here in these parts. Mm-hmm. You got kind of like the ring, right? You got you got Irvine, Fullerton, and then Long Beach State. Right. I mean that Big time. that trio plus SC baseball. Yeah. Plus UCLA, a guy named Jackie Robinson played there way back in the day. Oh, so a lot of major league guys right now from UCLA. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No. SoCal, OC, Long Beach State, college baseball is legit. Absolutely. Justin Turner, did he go to Cal State Fullerton? Yeah. Love Fullerton. it. Cal State Fullerton. Won a chip Love it. There. Former yeah. Rays star Evan Longoria. Long Beach State. Yeah. Absolutely. Troy Tulowitzki. Long Beach State. Long Beach well. Dirtbags. Yeah. I always liked the Dirtbags because Long Beach State is the is the 49ers, but for some reason their baseball team just has a different name. Right, which is so weird. Plus, they retired Prospector Pete. I'm not familiar with Prospector Pete. Prospector Pete, Pete two. was the Long Beach State 49ers mascot. Oh, okay. But uh, the Prospectors uh, during the California Gold Rush definitely like raped and pillaged a lot of native american uh and culture or what i'm looking for societies all right so we're not good to the natives as a land so we're getting progressive and coming into 2020 and we got rid of about a a year ago the long beach state students came together and said hey we're not down with pp prospector pete anymore and so now long beach state uh they're gonna be the the sharks i believe I can't confirm that. No, I'm pretty. I'm like 99% positive. Long Beach State's now the Sharks. Awesome. We'll bring that. We'll bring that confirmation back after break for the people. Uh, this one though, let's go. Let's talk about some local professional. You live in Long Beach. You're not. You're not keeping your finger on the pulse. I just hadn't heard about the Sharks yet. That that one's new to me. I can't see uh, Long Beach State and the people of Long Beach accepting the 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 Sharks. Go Sharks! I, I don't see it. Go Chargers! Go! Go Chargers! Go! Chargers are playing right now. That was Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was governor, giving the uh, the send off there to the uh, the then San Diego Chargers when the wildfires were ripping through San Diego. But the Chargers right now are playing the Jags. Chargers seven and a half point favorites hosting the Jags, and then the Rams are on Monday Night Football tomorrow night against the Bears. Rams are four and two. Bears are undefeated, five and zero. Oh, correct. Chicago Bears. No, so Bears lost one. Bears lost the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got a big matchup on Monday Night Football. Bears and Rams. Rams six point favorites, and the Chargers right now hosting the Jags. That game's at halftime. Yeah. Justin Herbert looking for his first win there in L. A. You guys know I'm high on Justin Herbert, super high. I've been high on Justin Herbert since the Civil War last year, the Oregon-Oregon State game. I just rewatched that game, and I'm like, man, the Chargers got a steal. Uh To me, they got the best quarterback in the draft, and I love Tua, and I like Joe Burrow. But, man, Justin Herbert looks like the guy, and I think – they said he's put up the like the most yards through the first three games or first four games of anybody. Yeah, something he's a like stud, that. and I think that him and Burrow, it's going to be a legacy type thing going down the stretch. I think that definitely Herbert has proven himself more. I think Herbert's on a better team, but he has definitely played to a higher standard, and so that's just a great thing to see. And, and in regards to Monday night, we got the Rams and the Bears. I think those are two pretenders, in my opinion. Those are two pretenders going at it tomorrow night, and we'll see how that plays out. Hot it's, take. It's always entertaining, though, when two pretenders play each other. Well, well, I feel like the Rams, I mean, yeah, that's a hot take about the Rams, I think, but nobody thought too much of the Rams coming in. We're going to see. Um, I think a couple of their wins have been against the softer teams in the NFC East. So they beat the Cowboys. They beat the Eagles. Uh, they beat the Giants. So we're going to see coming up pretty soon if the Rams are pretenders or not. I think this is going to be a big game. It'll tell us a lot. Yeah. Well, here's here's a question for you. Are the Chargers 
Chargers are one win on the season, correct? The Chargers yeah. are one and four on the season. Are the one and four Chargers a better football team than the Chicago Bears, who are four and one? No, 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 no. Are the no. one and four Chargers a better football team than the four and one Chicago Let's Bears? Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. That's a take that was going around a week ago. Maybe in San Diego, in the, the hills of San Diego, but I don't like that. Team. Howard? Bears are. I'm sorry. Bears. I'm screwing up the Bears' record. First, I said five and zero. Oh, then I said four and one. They are five and one. The Chicago Bears are five. That just they shows. They won on Thursday. Yeah. That shows you how not serious I'm taking the Chicago Bears. Well, the, I mean, the thing is that they're similar. Both the teams have wins against kind of softer teams. So the Bears beat the Lions. They beat the Giants, who the Rams also beat. They beat the Falcons, who look like they're giving games away to everybody. Um, and but they did get a win against the the Buccaneers, which is impressive. Tom Brady, right? So I, I mean, I think no, nah, we, we can't say that the four and one or the one and four Chargers are better than the five and one Bears. But um, you know, I think the Bears that they've they've had a, a little bit of a soft record. So we'll see. Number one. Tough to hear again. Wow. That was the call from Joe Buck on Fox Sports. The Rays come back and win in probably in one of the craziest finishes in World yeah. Series history. You'll never see anything like that. I saw a tweet online that said the Dodgers went from the best team in baseball to an intramural softball team in one play last night. And that is what wow. that looked like. Yeah. The Taylor Fielding error to the Will Smith inability. And I actually thought Will Smith had the ball in his glove and then it flew out, but he didn't Everybody even, did. He didn't even catch it. No. He thought he had the ball, it seemed like. Yeah. And I, yeah, he did think he had the ball. And I think that, that that game had the same vibe as Game 5 of the 2017 World Series where the Dodgers and the Astros had a complete shootout. It ended like 13-12. to 12. It was that type of back-and-forth thing. That, that was one of the most painful games I had to watch. I... I was comfortable saying I knew it was over as soon as Pedro Baez came into the game. More on that later, but now we got Game 5 tonight. Must-win game. I think whoever wins Game 5 is going to win the series. You got Kershaw, as much as a legacy game as you're going to get, and you have Glass now with a above 10 ERA in the postseason. So I think that this is going to tell the tale right here in Game 5. Well, what jumped out to me, well, one thing that's crazy to me is, so I watched the game as a Dodgers fan. I was crushed, obviously. But today, as I'm looking at Twitter and I'm going back, I'm reading articles on ESPN, baseball writers, and they're talking about, like, wow, this is one of the craziest games we've ever seen in our life. Like, we may not see something this crazy in our lifetime. Oh, my God, everybody cherished this moment. I'm like, wow, was it really that crazy? Was it that big of a moment? But I think it was. But since I'm a Dodgers fan, I wasn't able to appreciate that a World Series game ends in the bottom of the ninth. Let's go to the phones. Phone lines are open. 949-650-1015. You're live on Sports Sunday on KOCI. Who do we have here? Uh, this is uh, Chuck Mabry. Hey, what's up, Chuck? How's it going? Good. It's going good. I had a question for you guys up in the studio right now. So, Dodgers right now just lost game, what, four? Tied two and two. You guys, if they lose the series... You guys think they should move back to Brooklyn? Because there's pretty much nothing left there. Nothing. Hey, thanks for the call, Chuck. We'll answer that right now for you. Should the Dodgers move back to Brooklyn if they lose? You know what? That is, I'm glad. I'm glad that Chuck asked that because that can now replace should the Clippers move to Seattle as the worst? Should the blank move to blank in the sports realm? No, the Dod- I mean the Dodgers will never. They're a staple. Move. But you know what? If the Tampa Bay Rays lose the series, I think they should take themselves out of Florida, move somewhere where they'd be more appreciated. Absolutely. They have, they have no fan base that the Rays do, and I think They're that, extremely well-run organization. Yeah. They could, they could thrive in a city maybe like Charlotte, maybe Oregon, Portland could use a baseball team. I think that there's a lot of destinations they could... Las Vegas. Portland, Charlotte, Vegas, and even Montreal are yeah. all trying to get 
Major League Baseball. I know personally, we can even ask Brandon Sprague about this at 415, but Portland's making a huge push. They, they would be a great Howard. We know how much how much Portland shows out for the Blazers and even the Timbers and even the Thorns, the women's soccer, right. like anything. So I'm very pro baseball to Portland. Get the Rays, a well-run organization with great young talent. Get the Rays the hell out of Tampa and move them somewhere where people care. It's crazy that even Montreal is being considered because they couldn't yeah. handle. They had the Expos. They couldn't handle them. No. Yeah, right. Well, that is a ridiculous question because the Dodgers are like such a staple in L.A. It's one thing that brings the entire greater Los Angeles region together is the Dodgers, right? Every People from all walks of life, every race, color, creed, everybody loves the Dodgers. So they're not going anywhere, of course. But my question is about Portland. How I always wonder, like, how could they play baseball out there if it rains so you much? Gotta go dome. I mean, why don't you ask the Mariners, yeah. right? They figured it out in Seattle. And, and do they have an indoor? It's thing? a dome that opens. It's a it's retractable, a, it's, it's a retractable roof. roof. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, you know, summer in Portland would be great. May through October would be great. Oh, I mean, October, you're lucky if you're having games, right? right? But May through September would be great. And you'd have to get that April, May, sort of start, start of June. You'd have to have that roof. But Seattle did it, and Seattle gets more rainy days in Portland. Mm-hmm. So, wow, phone lines. Phone lines are open. Okay, you are live on Sports Sunday on 101.5 KOCI. You want to talk Dodgers? Oh, yeah. This is uh, Aaron and Whittier. What's up, Aaron? How you doing? How's how's the weather in Whittier today? Uh, it's overcast. Okay. Uh, nice cool. I kind of like it, it. It's gloomy, so it kind of fits my mood after last night's game. Yeah, yeah. that no, that sounds about right. Uh, what do you I, got? What do you got for the Dodgers tonight? Well, before I get to the Dodgers, I want to say... Uh, how about my Pittsburgh Steelers going 6-0? Man, that great was a good game. That was a statement win today. That was a statement win against the Titans today. Yeah, that was a big win. But anyhow, uh, so yeah, I didn't watch uh, 7 last week. And uh, they won. You're welcome. We appreciate that. We weren't sure what you were going to do. And like I told you before, if you, if, you, if you abstain from watching and we win, Dodger Nation appreciates you. So thank you, Aaron. Well, let me guess, Aaron. You probably watched last night's game, didn't you? I did. I actually. I, oh man, I've been watching all the games. Uh, we'll see if if they start doing really bad tonight. I'll, I'll probably a- a- Aaron. Aaron, before you... I, I have this. I don't know why. I have this feeling that uh, Dodgers are going to win big. I, I have this feeling. Well, 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 Aaron, you said if they start to do something, then tonight, but listen, you know what you got to do tonight, Aaron. We, we, you, you, you took one for the team last week. We appreciate what you did. It was a week ago. We, we need another performance out of you like last Sunday, Aaron. So <laughs> we might need you to sit this one out, big guy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I can watch uh, Arizona, Seattle, I guess. Thank you. That, that We appreciate that. All right, Aaron. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. All right, you guys. Take care. Okay, Aaron and Whittier, diehard Dodger fan, always keeping it real for us. And he did take one for the team last week. Absolutely. He didn't watch Game 7. We appreciate that. We, I, I appreciate us being the the second tier or even third tier de facto Dodgers pregame show on the radio. Man, we're the only one that matters right now, especially if you're in the greater Orange County area. Yeah, We're the only pregame show that matters. Because you know you got the big guys up at AM570, the home of Dodgers baseball. Right. They've got a great pregame show. I'm sure 710's covering it. But for those of you who are making KOCI on your Sunday afternoon, Sports Sunday, your choice, your home for the Dodgers pregame, we appreciate it because, you know, we might be the the Diet Right Soda. We might be the, the Shasta Cola to the Coke and Pepsi of 570 and 710. But Shasta Cola is not bad. Hey, lock in with us. I mean, we, we Mr. Pibb's not bad, right? Absolutely. We got what you yeah. need. Strap your seatbelts because... Dodger talk is coming next. Phone lines are open. We're going to talk Dodgers. We'll preview. We'll tell you what this game means for Clayton Kershaw. And I want to ask you guys, the true Dodger Blue fans here, Howard and Chris, what's up with Dave Roberts? I want to ask you guys your opinion because I'm the fringe Dodger fan. I'm your classic L.A. fan. I'm bandwagon. I put the Dodgers hat on once the postseason started. So I haven't been through the thick and thin. We'll talk about Dodgers baseball. Preview game five tonight. Series is tied 2-2. You're listening to Sports Sunday on 101.5 KOCI. The Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association is here to connect you to the people, places, and memories you love most about our school. Find us online at newportharboralumni.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Newport Harbor Alumni. And as always, go Sailors! Join us Wednesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. for Local Motion. 
local artist recordings, interviews, on-air performances, and happenings here on KOCI. Hotline Roofing. For all your roofing, siding, and decking needs, Hotline has been covering the coast and beyond since 1980 and a proud sponsor of KOCI since 2014. You can call Bobby at Hotline Roofing at 949-689-8459. 689-8459. Thank you. Are you ready for the summer heat? Klondike Air offers everything you need to turn your home into an oasis of comfort. Hello, everyone. This is Andrew, owner of Klondike Air, reminding you that our highly trained service techs can get your air conditioner ready for the long, hot road ahead. If you are thinking about adding air conditioning or replacing your existing system, we offer free in-home or virtual consultations. For more information, 714-979-2070 or on the web at klondikeair.com. Lanzamiento 21 de Kelly Jansen. from Spanish language television of last night's 8-7 Tampa Bay Rays win. That final play will live in infamy, one of the craziest plays in World Series history, one of the craziest finishes you'll see uh, of the last decade in a pro sports finish. That was insane. Phone lines are open. We're previewing Dodgers game five tonight. 508 first pitch on Fox. We'll be with you here on KOCI until five o'clock. The phone's line, phone lines are open. We have Joey, I believe it is. Uh, you're live on 1015 KOCI. How's it going? I'm good. Yeah, it is Joey. Um, my question to you guys is if Dave Roberts kept a star the game last night for the ninth, did the Dodgers close or does that still happen? I no, Joey. That's a great. Thanks question. for the call, Joey. And I think that that was that's one of my arguments coming into this segment is Bruce Dar is undoubtedly our best reliever, and for him to only pitch a third of an inning in a do or die game in a close game like that is unbelievable. He he was summoned to get one out in the bot in the bottom of the eighth inning, and then was taken out for Jansen in the ninth. I think it was a totally wrong move by Dave Roberts to keep or to keep with his plan to go with. Jansen in the ninth. I think Bruce Dar should have started the ninth inning, and if he got into trouble, then you let Jansen in, let the cards fall as they will. But it was a total mistake by letting Bruce Dar Gratterall stay or taken out of the game in the bottom of the eighth. Man, I mean, to me, it sounds too strong to say that Bruce Dar Gratterall is undoubtedly our best arm out of the bullpen. The reason why I say that is because if he's undoubtedly the best, then how come we didn't? How come we weren't calling for him to be the closer? You know how now he was in the mix. But how come he didn't win the job if if he's not, you know, and to me, and I've been telling you this, but to be fair, you have been saying he should be the closer. Like, you are somebody who's been saying that. And what I've been, I've been kind of echoing, um, you know, what my man David Vasse has been saying on 570, which is he doesn't miss enough bats. He's a contact guy. So it's hard to have a guy who's pitching mm-hmm. a contact in the ninth inning who's not getting strikeouts. And, and in that moment, maybe he wouldn't have been in that position that Jansen was in. But if you do have a guy like Bruce Dark Ratterall in there, he's like he's likely to give up some contact too. But look, he was gonna face eight, nine, and one hitters, and Zunino, who's their power catcher, got pinched hit for for a guy who was hitting below two, and Chanson walked him. So. I think that Bruce Dar, even if a ball gets hit in play, you have a better chance of getting someone out than walking them, of course. And I feel like Jansen's approach, it was good. He got soft contact. It just didn't fall his way. And unfortunately, that might cost him his job. Oh, that definitely but, about to cost him yeah, his job, I But I think. think that you had to keep Bruce Dar out of role. There's no, like, if you told me, oh, yeah, Bruce Dar's going to pitch this game, but it's only, he's only going to get one out, I would think you're crazy. Yeah, one out is one one out isn't enough, but like like I've been saying, I don't, I haven't loved the idea of him going in in the ninth inning. Well, here's what I want to know: Where were you at on Kinley after he had the 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 performance when it was like fourteen to one or whatever? He looked good. 
Then he comes back and gets a save, right? And he yeah. looks really good. So now he's set up to be the ninth inning guy. Where were you after those two good performances? Did you think he had his stuff back and you want to put him in with in a tight game? No, I'm a non-believer in Kenley Jansen ever since stuff started to fall down early in this year. I think that, he, yeah, any pitcher could have a good inning or two. I think that in baseball, when, you, when a good player will get out seven out of ten times, of course, a pitcher is going to stumble and fall over a good inning. I think Kenley Jansen's one <laughs> wow. of those pitchers. Stumbled and I fell. Think he had good movement last night, but I think that the control wasn't there. His execution wasn't I agree there. With that. And I just feel like it's time to move on from the Kenley Jansen. I think it is effectively over. If there's one silver lining of game four, it is that the Kenley Jansen era is officially over for well, Dodger well, fans. Well, I think, I think unfortunately what's frustrating about it is the same is, is that silver lining. Like for us to be saying that we learned what you just said, we learned that the Kenley Jansen era is over, but we had to learn that during the world series. Yeah. It's that, tough. That's part of, that's part it's of tough. your frustration, right? And Dodger nation's frustration with Ken, with Dave Roberts. Why? We already knew this information is what a lot of people are saying. Um, you know, I got to be honest and say I, I'm kind of with Dave Roberts in the sense that I, I, in the sense that I didn't know what the right decision was. Like, I, I didn't see Kenley and say, oh, this is over. This is about to be horrible. I, I, I was like, I did. I was like, why? I, I was in the drive in with uh, 10,000 other Dodger fans. I was like, why are you guys cheering? We're about to lose this game. Like. I had no confidence going into that inning. So, yeah. so, 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 so tell me this, because this is something that you would know and I have no idea about. I'm not as tight on the X's and O's of baseball like I would be basketball or football, which I have a lot of experience with, particularly a catcher calling a game, right? Uh-huh. So I don't know if you've heard this conversation and this narrative about Will Smith. There's yeah, a lot of people who are mad, but there's a lot of people who are particularly mad that he called two back-to-back fastballs mm-hmm. for I think it was for Baez um, anyways they're saying the way that he's calling the game sorry the way he's calling the game is terrible I I would agree I think that it is undoubtedly clear that um, Austin Barnes is the better defensive catcher he's a better battery mate for the Dodgers pitching staff but it's just the factor of Will Smith has a better bat and it's it's not even a question like Will Smith is a better hitter than Austin Barnes but th- that's the debate is does defense and pitching outweigh hitting in this aspect and when austin barnes is hitting 426 foot home runs like he was maybe, the other night maybe you shrug your shoulders and say hey maybe it's time to make a change here and not and tonight we're gonna have two catchers in the lineup which i don't as someone who plays baseball you don't want two catchers in your lineup why because somebody might go down no it's just because they're not historically the best hitters in the, like if i had a choice to dh someone Rather than Will Smith, if I, maybe I want Jock Peterson in the lineup tonight. Maybe I want Kike okay, Hernandez. So Kike Hernandez is not in the lineup you, tonight. Maybe I want Kike. You're going to have to educate me on this one because as a non-baseball player, that yeah. makes no sense to me. Regardless, Because here's what I'm thinking. Regardless of what you tell me the guy, what, what his position is, mm-hmm. one guy's a, 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 a 289 hitter and another guy's a 240 hitter. I want the 289 hitter as my DH. Well, why not? Yeah. Just because he plays catcher. It's just... It's one of those things where you sh- and I think injury is a factor in that, but also that you could also substitute him in later, maybe after Kershaw pitches, because you know Austin Barnes is going to pitch Kershaw. So right. maybe once Kershaw is done, you swap in Will Smith. But ne- then you only have two catchers on the roster too. The Dodgers only have two catchers in on the World Series roster. So I I really dislike the two catcher lineups Dave Roberts has put together, and I j- I just don't like Dave Roberts in general in this well, series. That- that leads me to what I wanted to ask you guys because, I, like I said, I'm, I'm a casual Dodgers fan. And I've seen a lot of criticism of Dave Roberts. And I think if the Dot, a lot of criticism of Dave Roberts in the ninth inning or at the end of last night's game because of decisions he made during the game. But if that, if the Dodgers win in that crazy final, I mean, mm-hmm. let's just, the Rays shouldn't have won that no, game. No, the Dodgers the, beat themselves. Because yeah. even if, even if Jansen gives up that hit at the end of the game, Randy should have got thrown out at the plate. Yes. Rosarena? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Rosarena? Yeah. Randy Rosarena should have got thrown out at the plate because even after Chris Taylor's fielding error, Mm -hmm. Will Smith still should have caught that ball and tagged him out because of the rookie mistake on the base paths by a Rosarena. Dodgers should have won that game. Now, if that crazy play, let's just say Chris Taylor, let's just say Chris Taylor still screws up fielding Mm -hmm. that ball. They're still going to score that tying run either way. Okay. You know what? 
I have a lot to unload. So, yeah, finish up what you got to say, and I have a very big thing. I'm just saying if the Dodgers still win that game and hang on and win in extra innings, I feel like the sports community, media, and fans still gloss over Dave Roberts' decisions during the game because the Dodgers still won. And if they went on to win the series, they they just gloss that over. But because they lost, now we're diving into it. Now we're second guessing Roberts, and let's go. The phone lines are open. I appreciate all the calls here today. Let's see who we got. You're live. You're live on 101.5 KOCI Sports Sunday. We're talking Dodgers. Who do we have here? Yeah, uh, this is uh, Aaron Whittier calling back. Oh, what's up, Aaron? Two time caller, uh, uh, first time two timer. What's up? What's up, bro? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to weigh in on the Dave Roberts. That Dave Roberts talk is going on for years now, and uh, I think the level of frustration is just. Uh, is just, you know, through the roof right now because because of last night, you know, been biased. I saw bias, and I was like, oh, no. same. Oh, yeah, these feast or famine, you know. And then uh, when they brought in Jansen, uh, and but you know, I kind of agree with you. you know, Jansen's not what he used, to, but that was also on um, uh, Taylor and uh, uh, Will Smith. You know, that was that, that was uh, it was just a it was a bad play. One mm-hmm. play, the whole you know, series. That's the fuck. And with our past experience losing all these World Series, uh, it, it hurts. <laughs> so I think a lot of it is emotional, uh, you know, uh, how do you say, emotional pushback on, on Dave Roberts. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the guy, the guy coaches a good coach. He's a good coach. It's just, it's just these little plays, you know, that, and little things that, you know, every, you know, that everybody kind of questions. But, you know, I kind of agree with, uh, with Howard, you know, what do you do, you know? It's a tough decision. Yeah, and I, I wanna, we'll get to see more of it tonight. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate you, Aaron. I want to elaborate on what Aaron had to say. And if you guys are ready for this, is what I've been waiting for all day, is just to break down the mismanagement of the Dodgers in Game 4. I feel like so many things went wrong, and I just want to start with the box score here. So first off, before we, before we get on... You got something well, else? I was going to say, why don't why don't you just put a, put a pin in that? Okay. Let's let's take a breather. When when we come back, I want you to explain this to me because I actually want to know. Like, I just I think I really speak for the casual fan here. Where I'm like, well, Dave Roberts is is great. I'm glad that he's yeah. managing the Dodgers. I'm not diving into the box score, and I know that we see a lot of times we see the armchair quarterback or the armchair baseball manager. Or with the Clippers, I can relate because a lot of times I heard people say Doc Rivers is horrible. There's a lot of similarities and I, between and Doc I'm like, and Doc, yeah. and I'm like, I'm not. I don't think Doc Rivers is horrible, but I'm glad that he's now gone. So, Chris, I want yeah. you to explain that to me when we come back. Perfect. So you're going to get an ex-baseball player's breakdown of Game Please. 4 and a lifelong Dodger fan. Okay, yeah. Tell me tell me, just tell me just this. Is your thesis that Dave Roberts has got to go? Find out next. Yeah, okay, we'll find out that. next on Sports Sunday on 101.5 KOCI. Hotline Roofing. For all your roofing, siding, and decking needs, Hotline has been covering the coast and beyond since 1980 and a proud sponsor of KOCI since 2014. You can call Bobby at Hotline Roofing at 949-689-8459. 689-8459. Thank you. Yotronic Services and Repairs, all brands of Apple and Windows computers and cell phones. Only 15 to 20 minutes to repair any broken iPhone screen. Water damage, battery problems, sound issues, virus removal, slow computers, software install, and data recovery. Home or business, and the best part is they're right here at 17th and Irvine in Costa Mesa next to the 7-Eleven on Irvine Avenue between L's Pizza and Ruby's Sandwiches. Open seven days a week, 949-791-7206. Lights, camera, action. Mesa Water District is hosting a video contest. High school and college students in Mesa Water's service area can enter videos now through October 31st that demonstrate this year's theme, Why Mesa Water Matters. Up to $500 will be awarded to winners. More at mesawater.org forward slash video contest. That's mesawater.org forward slash video contest. The Real Estate Radio Show is right here every Saturday at 8 a.m. Find out everything you need to know regarding a mortgage in this current economic climate. Join Mike and Casey of SunWest Mortgage as they explain what's available to you regarding your mortgage situation. You can also call in and ask questions. The Real Estate Radio Show every Saturday at 8 a.m. right here on 101.5 KOCI. 
is Sports Sunday with Alex Crawford on 101.5 KOCI. 3.35 on your Sunday afternoon. Dodgers taking on the Rays in the World Series. Game 5 tonight. It's now a best of three. It's tied 2-2. Best of three. Chris, I know you were saying before the show and during the show, whoever wins tonight is going to win the series. Statistically, that's usually the case, and I really think that's going to be the case here. Uh, And so we were talking about Dave Roberts, Dodgers manager, and why people are saying he's got to go. Okay, let's let's go to the phone lines are popping off here. I I want to get to the – I don't know. Do we want to go? Let, let, yeah, let's okay. let's go to the phones here. Okay. You're live on 101.5 KOCI. We're talking Dodgers. Oh well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not calling about the Dodgers, but I hope they're doing well. That's all right. What you got for us? Who and, and, and who's and who is this? All right. Well, this is Les Taylor, and I live in Costa Mesa, and I love your freaking station. Let's go, awesome, Les. Les. We, we, we appreciate, appreciate that. the energy. This is we the like most it. Calls we've gotten. All all shoved history, and this is great. Yeah, Thanks, Wes. yeah, we appreciate it, yeah. Les. <laughs> so uh, I, this morning, I'm going to play golf, and you guys played a Moody Blues song, and I'm trying to get the name of it. Oh man, you know what? I I could not tell you that because I. The three of us are only in here from three to five p.m. But next Sunday, you might as well call back at two p.m. Yeah. For the, what's the show? Yeah, the Traveling Blues Madison show. That that might be, Manny, who does that, might have been your DJ that played the song you want. Oh, man. I'm at, sorry. At, I, at 5.30 in the morning? Oh, at 5.30? You know what, Les? I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't tell you, but you know what? We'll try to get you that information. Well, I would love that. You know, the biggest problem I have is that there's a radio station in San Diego. I know, KGB, and it bleeds in with us. I know, I know. Well, yeah. well appreciate it, Les. Thanks for your call, man. We're, we'll be doing sports talk here till 5, So, th- and then we'll get back to the music. All right. Wow, a lot of the phone likes. Yeah. Sorry we can't help Les with this, uh, who, who was on at 5.30 this morning. Okay, let's go back to Dodgers baseball here, because I know Chris is going to blow a gasket if he doesn't get to un- unload on <laughs> Dave Roberts. But what's up with Dave? Because people are critical of him, and I'm like sitting there, I'm like, I don't know, did he do that bad of a job? And I do see the similarities. I feel the similarities between Doc Rivers and Dave Roberts. They seem like similar similar head coaches or managers. Yeah. So, Chris, what do you got? What do you got for me, bro? Okay, first off, I want to say that Dave Roberts is a great manager. He just mismanages sometimes. We've seen it in the 2018 World Series. He had some of the worst lineups ever put together I've ever seen. <sighs> and then now he's mismanaging the bullpen here in this World Series. So here we go. Here's my breakdown. First, I want to establish my ethos here. Lifelong baseball player from T-ball to the varsity level. Played my whole life. I've consumed more Dodger baseball than probably anyone my age. I've I've watched 162 games in a season before. I've watched from about 2009, like the the Andre Ethier, Matt Kemp era up till now, religiously watching the Dodgers. And here's my breakdown. First off, for the purists of the baseball fandom, just one thing to look forward to is Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger did not get a hit last game. I don't care what you say about the pitching, what you say about Dave Roberts. When two MVP-level players aren't producing, that is already a red flag. Okay, so now let's dive into the good stuff here. So, Manager can't swing yeah, the bat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm, give, I'm giving Dave Roberts that first okay. off. So here we go, into the Dodgers pitching. Julio Urias, nine strikeouts, did a great job. Gave up two solo home runs, but that's, you know, that's expected. Five, five innings. Two runs, that is solid start for him. Then you bring in, bring in Blake Trinan, who is, I think, top three, maybe top two in our pen, right? Two, only two-thirds of an inning he pitches. He gets two, two runners get on, on against him. He gets an out, and then you elect to go to Baez, who is apparently a lefty specialist, right? That He has this, like, one, like, average, 100 average against lefties, right? Lowell takes him deep. Three-run home run. Dodgers lose the lead. Does he stay in the game? Yes, he does. And Robert stays in the – he elects to keep Baez in the game to the next inning, too. And guess what Baez does? The lefty specialist gives up a home run to another lefty. And that if was that, a bad move. if that wasn't enough, he stays in the game. He gets a lucky double play against the Rays' best player by far. And then after three – four runs come off the bat of Baez – Choleric, who I think is 
probably one of the worst p- pitchers in our bullpen is oh, pitching in a high on. leverage situation. Adam Kalerik, the lefty specialist, lefty specialist, gets two outs in the eighth. And then the worst decision by Dave Roberts in this game was after Kalerik got two outs, which I was already on the fence of Kalerik. He brings in our best bullpen piece, Bruce Gratterall, to get one of the 27 outs you need to finish a game. One out. He uses our best pitcher to get one out, Bruce Gratterall, and to finish off the eighth inning. And then in the ninth inning, does not keep Gratterall in, brings in Jansen. The rest is history. Jansen was very unlucky in his, his approach. He got br- two broken bats, maybe even three and he lost the game. The defense didn't help him out. But you know what? The stat sheet doesn't lie. And now he's not going to be our closer. Maybe ever. Well, I just feel like, one, Dave Roberts didn't go 0 for 10. That was Mookie Betts and Cody yeah. Bellinger. As you said, you gave him that. And what I was asking you about earlier was, did, did Lowe hit the home run? or Lowe, Lowe hit the first one. Then Kiermaier hit a solo shot in the next inning. And, and and so, one, what I heard, what I heard some of the analysis was, was that, Baez was brought in to throw a changeup to him. He's a fastball hitter. Mm-hmm. Will Smith called two back-to-back changeups, which isn't necessarily, I mean, fastballs. That, you shouldn't do that, first off, as someone who's played baseball. Two back-to-back changeups is a no-go. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, it was two back-to-back yeah, fastballs. fastballs. Um, when, it, when, it was, when they're saying he yeah. should have been in there to, to throw a changeup. But I think the, what I didn't like from Dave Roberts was when Pedro Baez was getting hit, and then, um, and then Dave Roberts goes... Um, tells him he's done. Sits yeah. him on the bench. This tells is him, confirmed, by the way. Tells him he's done. Yeah. And I understand as an athlete, you're like, if I'm done, I'm unlacing my cleats a little bit. I'm gonna. My mind is mentally checking out. I'm relaxed. I've done my job. And then he says, I got to come back in, mm-hmm. and gives up another home run. So I don't like that out of Dave Roberts. But I, I disagree in the fact that to me, it's not a done deal. It's not. It's not just a for sure. You got to go to Bruce Dark Ratterall in that situation because. We thought Kenley was back. I mean, maybe that's Dave Roberts stuck in his ways and being stubborn, and that's what you're upset about. Um, but why not go to Kenley in that situation if he looked like he had his stuff back? That, that, that's how I feel. I just – you got to roll with who's going, and I think that Bruzdar Gratterall has been our best piece, so I don't understand why you even have to go to Jensen. Maybe you even save him in case Gratterall gets in a jam. I thought getting one out in the bottom of the eighth, finishing off that inning, now you continue that. You keep – Gratterall and keep the momentum going but instead you elect to go which is the classic decision go with your closer in the ninth inning but I think that the World Series requires a different level of analysis and a different level of competition and you just to the best pitcher in our staff like Bruce Dar, I will go with him live and die by Bruce Dar, not by Jansen and we died by Jansen now the series is tied this wasn't a must win game for the Dodgers but it was a must win for the Rays now it's a tied series it's really just a best of three now you got two aces on the mound in game five there's going to be a day off tomorrow and who knows what's going to be the situation for game six well the one thing that we haven't talked about and that I would love to get your thoughts on is how much of and maybe you don't know because this we don't know this confirmed but how much of these decisions are really in Dave Roberts hands because I thought that you, you know, you talked about the lineup cards from 2018, but it's my understanding that Andrew Friedman has the biggest say over those lineup cards and that it's already planned out between Dave Roberts and the front office to say if it's a, if it's a ninth inning, one-run game, who's coming in and who's not. Now, I know you have to use your eyes, and, and that's where people get frustrated with Dave Roberts, but how much of it is does he have the opportunity to use his eyes and how much of it is already scripted? I think it is more on him than it is the front office in the case of the bullpen. There's no way that, like, the situations that he pulled and put in pitchers with, like, two outs in the bottom of an inning, that's on him. Him bringing out Trinan after getting an out, two guys on base, bringing in Baez, that is on. that is totally on him. That is the situation of the game that you have to say, okay, maybe Trinan got in a jam a little bit, but here he got this strikeout. And so now he's in a position to – he's a ground ball pitcher. Might get a double play, get us out of this inning. But instead, Dave Roberts says, okay, the next guy – maybe he has a list of guys who are going to pitch. Maybe that comes from the front office. But, and, and then Baez was the next on that list. But it's when exactly he comes in. Trinan should have finished that inning. Lowell should have never hit that three-run home run. Baez, I don't even know. 
the, the rest is history after that because you just can't predict it. But I think the first fatal mistake of the Dodgers was taking out Blake Trinan. Well, I know we can go back and forth all day. We can. It's always easy to go hindsight on what the coach should yeah. have done and what you know what the what the manager should or shouldn't have done. But what I know for today, looking forward, I don't know who the closer is going to be. But it's Bruce Adderall. 100%. I guarantee you, next time we have a safe situation, it's going to be Bruce Dar. Go on, Bruce Dar, Gratterall. Yeah. Well, what I'm looking at, and which I think everybody's looking at, is Clayton Kershaw going today. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping it was 3-1, and Kershaw could go into today, seven scoreless innings, you know, a crazy 13 strikeouts, something ridiculous, mm-hmm. just a crazy game for the ages, and he could right the wrong, exercise his playoff demons, and when the Dodgers finally get this World Series... Um, he's the one that's on the mound with the dominant performance. That would just yeah. warm my heart so much. And he's at home, right where he grew up. It would just be a perfect yeah, storm. It's just the wishful thinking. And I think that obviously we've agreed that whoever wins this game is probably going to win the series. Kershaw's in a great position. You know, the Rays were missing the ball last time he pitched. So I think he just has to play on that. He needs to stay out of the middle of the zone and he will be just fine. He's a future Hall of Famer pitcher and you can't put that against him. So I think that the Dodgers, their chances are great. Absolutely. I just feel like we missed the opportunity from getting out of the show today, getting ready to watch the Dodgers win the World Series rather than stay alive. For sure. Well, we'll see. 508 first pitch on Fox, and it is Kershaw's legacy on the line. If he doesn't pitch well today and the Dodgers, some, and he doesn't get another shot, he may never get another shot in the World Series, and he'll forever be the guy that couldn't get it done in the postseason. But Absolutely. if he gets it done today... And the Dodgers win the World Series, and he has two strong outings. We forget about it all. We forget. Well, you forget about it all, and his legacy's forever changed. And he's maybe even, depending on it, maybe he gets brought in for a Game 6 or Game 7 yeah. relief situation. Maybe he's in the running for an MVP, and his legacy is forever altered. It's, tonight is really a fork in the road for the Clayton Kershaw legacy. For the Dodgers. Well, for the Dodgers, yeah. too, because if they lose, if the Dodgers lose this series, I do think they blow things up. I do think they're the Lob City Clippers all over again, in a sense, with with a little with more success. They won they won pennants. Clippers couldn't get to the Western Conference Finals, as we all know. But we'll see tonight. I'm excited. It's a lot on the line. A lot on the line, uh, especially when you th- we thought we thought that we'd be wrapping up a gentleman sweep tonight for the Dodgers over the Rays. So 508 first pitch, and thank you for making Sports Sunday your pregame home for Dodgers baseball. Before you go and watch the game, we appreciate it. Coming up next, we do it every week at this time. Stock up, stock down. What are you buying? What are you selling in the world of sports? Howard, I know you've got a bone to pick with the Pac-12. I'm going to ask you about that next on Sports Sunday on 101.5 KOCI. Hotline Roofing. For all your roofing, siding, and decking needs, Hotline has been covering the coast and beyond since 1980 and a proud sponsor of KOCI since 2014. You can call Bobby at Hotline Roofing at 949-689-8459. 689-8459. Thank you. The Newport Harbor High School Alumni Association is dedicated to bringing our sailor family together. We're proud to record our school's rich history and our Hall of Fame. And to reach towards the future with our scholarship program, which has given $44,000 to deserving students over the past four years. We know we'll see greater need in 2021, so join our mission and be part of the fun. Find us online at NewportHarborAlumni.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Newport Harbor Alumni. And as always, go Sailors! Camara Crampton Family Law provides clients with decades of experience and strong representation by top-notch litigators known for their courtroom skills. In a divorce, you need to be empowered when your highest priorities are at risk. Your family, children, home, and finances. The best divorce lawyers are at Camara Crampton Family Law, 949-234-8280. Don't let your world crumble around you. Having the right attorneys makes the difference. Appointments online at divorce.legal, not.com. Not .net, it's divorce.legal. Seeing your dogs make some of the very best companions. They're calm, appreciative, and have put their chewing, digging, and mischief-making days behind them. All too often, senior dogs in shelters are passed over by prospective adopters. However, they often come with training, and most are just longing for love and a cozy place to enjoy their golden years. Be a hero. Adopt a senior dog from your local shelter or rescue group. This message brought to you by German Shepherd Rescue of Orange County, serving Southern California for more than 22 years. More at G. SROC.org.
What are you buying? What are you selling? It's time for Stock Up, Stock Down with Sports Sunday on KOCI. We do it every week at this time. What are you buying? What are you selling in the world of sports now? Howard, I saw you on Twitter earlier this week. We saw a guy that covers a Pac-12 team, Nick Daschle for, from the Oregonian. He covers Oregon State. But he was talking about the Pac-12 is is genuinely considering at least one 9 a.m. kickoff this year for uh, for a game. Yep. And without fans in the stands, Pac-12 has been talking about this for a while. 9 a.m. kickoffs. People have been pretty adverse to that, mainly because of the fan, the idea of getting fans in a stadium, whether it's up in Seattle for the Huskies or Eugene for the Ducks or USC for the Trojans. The idea of getting fans, students, alumni, whatever, in the stadium for a 9 a.m. kickoff is a bit ridiculous, but we have a unique situation this year in that there's going to be no fans in the stands. So... Pac-12 said, let's give it a shot. Let's try it out. Nick Dashwell from the Oregonian said, why not? And you said, he said, who has a problem with this? I don't see anybody having a problem with this. And Howard, I saw you on Twitter popping up in the replies there. And you said, as a former player, I've got a problem with this. So my question is, stock up, stock down. uh, At least one 9 a.m. kickoff, a little trial for the Pac-12 this year. Why not? Well, and I... (sighs) Like I said, from mine is coming from a player perspective because I think from a business perspective, it probably makes sense in that you get the big noon kickoff for USC Arizona State. I think it's that game, so it gets advertised all week, and the East Coast gets to see it. It's the feature game. There's eyes on the Pac-12, so I get it from a business standpoint. But from a player perspective, and it was kind of annoying me on Twitter seeing a bunch of people like, well, who has a problem with this and why would this be such an issue? They get up for 6 a.m. COVID tests. I don't know why this is such a big deal. That's not the same thing. These are false equivalencies. The reason I have an issue with it is because you have to have your mind right hours before a football game. Like you're locking in. Even if you're inner inner, you know, talking and engaging with other things, you still have to get in a certain mindset. So to sit here and think that if the game starts at nine, that at five AM you're just gonna be locked in ready to visualize and do everything you need to play a football game. That's ridiculous. Especially when it's the first game of the season. You're nervous. You stayed up late. It's just people are not considering all the aspects of it. These players are going to be up until 1, 2 a.m. the first the day before the game. They're only going to get a couple hours of sleep. It's horrible. It's horrible for the players. I think you couldn't say it any better, Howie. I think especially your players' perspective, it doesn't get any like worse than way early first game of the season. Like That's just ridiculous i think and i think that most of us would agree with that and, and i heard people saying oh well they you know when they were in aau games they had to play early morning you know a basketball game it's a lot different playing a travel ball game at 16 at nine in the morning than it is playing a pac-12 football game at nine in yeah. the morning you can show up to the gym 30 minutes early and you're good and you got another game tomorrow. We're just seeing that continued disconnect, I think, a little bit between the fans who get to sit at home and watch and then the expectations that they're putting on these, these unpaid athletes because, or even the paid athletes because just today I saw Jacksonville Jaguars running back Ryquil Armstead officially out for the rest of the season because he's been hospitalized twice due to COVID yeah. issues. Wow. And people are saying, we want our sports back, 99.9% recovery rate for people in this age bracket. Well, guess what? Some people, they don't die, but they're hospitalizable. People are people think it's this binary on-off switch with COVID. I'm I'm just I'm making this COVID analogy because it's it's similar to well the players are getting up early anyway. Why can't they get up early and play? Play for us, dance for us. It's a lot it's, more than that. It's this Roman gladiator mentality. And I saw and the reason I'm bringing that up here is because I saw today the report, the official report, right? Quill Armstead missing the rest of the season, and who knows long term? Because multiple hospitalizations from COVID mean you might not play football again. And I'm sure that I'm sure that's part of the reason why he's out because it's like, okay, I got it one times. A lot of people have gotten it once, even though that's still super scary. Now I'm going to the hospital again. This is unprecedented. Nobody knows what the outcome of this is going to be. So he's got to be like, man, I'm good. I can't risk my life if I don't know what's going to happen. And my point being is that there's this disconnect between fans and teams and ownership and whatever. And I think the actual health and safety of the players. And at the college level, it's exacerbated because they're not paid. They get a scholarship and, and some food and access to facilities, which is great. But now you're asking them. Hey, not only are we going to have you guys play this season and risk 
COVID, which is fine. We're all risking COVID. And I'm sure these guys want to play. It's not like they don't want to play. They want to sure, play. Of course. But, but not only are we going to ask you to do that, but now you got to get up at 9 a.m. because it's a good it's a good business decision for the conference. But by the way, you don't get any of that money. So it's just, sure. it's just that further disconnect, I think, being illustrated here by, by COVID. People are like, oh, my, oh my God, COVID, this, this pandemic, it wrecked everything. And it's like, no, the cracks were there, and now we've just got light on them. Absolutely. Right now we just... Sunlight's the best disinfectant. Like now we've just got now we've just got a spotlight on the issues that have already been there and this disconnect between the NCAA and college football players and college athletes is just further is For just sure. further uh, exemplified here. And, and I don't know, like I said, with the 9 a.m. start time, it probably makes sense for business. So I'm interested to see how it goes. I just I didn't like the 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 disposition of people talking about it like oh like like these players are just stupid or like what the heck are they doing complaining like it, like it's a big deal because not to do the whole I played football thing but like you ain't I never, played football yeah you ain't never played in no <laughs> important football game a day in your life to say how you should or shouldn't feel five hours before a game so I just I can't and this is gonna go into your your next segment Alex about people former players versus commentators versus journalists but anyways I think. Um, I think there was a there's a piece missing in that commentary. So, but I'm interested to see how it plays out with the Pac-12. Yeah, and so, are ready for my stock? Yeah, I have go a ahead. Stock. So, I'm gonna stock up on sporting events in any way, shape, or form right now. I uh, like I said earlier, I went to the Dodgers drive-in, very safe, um, COVID-friendly sporting event, but you still got the atmosphere of 10,000 people around you cheering, even though the Dodgers lost. It was super hype after every out we recorded that everyone would honk their horns get super hyped up so i think that we could definitely there's definitely compromise out there i feel like if business ventures reached for far enough then you could definitely find something to entertain a crowd you got something howard something you're buying or selling um you know what i'm buying on uh i'm buying on sporting events right now too but i'm kind of I don't want to say I'm selling on the amount of them all at once, but I feel like I'm getting beat over the head with sports after sports, which because we didn't have them for so long. So I'm, I'm appreciative, but I'm kind of selling on the fact that I just can't keep up with everything. Yeah. And then the NBA is supposed to start in two months. It's like, man, it's coming quick. They, so they're turning it around that fast? I haven't heard anything from them. Yeah, the, the, the aim is Tuesday, December 22nd. Wow. So they're really not going to get off. That's that's going to be big news, I think. Absolutely. Later, yeah. Well, I, I similarly am, am buying on sporting events. And my stock up is I, I these local teams and coaches. Like, I'm, I'm glad that the CIF, I'm talking about that at the high school level. I'm glad that CIF is taking their time and trying to get things done right. Similarly, it's what we're seeing out of West Coast states trying to figure things out, trying to make sure proper precautions are in place. It's the reason why Pac-12 is starting football two weeks after everyone else because they were waiting to get a a rapid, you know, 10-minute turnaround test done. That being said, all these teams and coaches at the local high schools, whether it's football, basketball, water polo, volleyball, whatever it is, they're waiting patiently. And you're you're still hearing rumblings from public health departments in the state that they're they're not 100% positive if sports are going to come back in January or not. And at this point, I've been like, heck yeah, let's do it the right way. Let's be patient. Let's make sure the the protocols are in place. And now I'm starting to get fed up with the bureaucracy. And I'm I'm just I'm I'm kudos Uh kudos to the local high schools and and the teams that are waiting and trying to figure it out. And I've seen that there's a push. Let us play like ASAP. I think. Let's just make sure we play in January. But I want to see a little bit more, a little bit more moxie or like a little bit more. I want to see local health departments put a lot of emphasis on letting the Rams and Chargers play in L.A. Cal and Stanford figured it up in the Bay, but no one's putting a a priority on these high school kids. And, And parents are clamoring for their kids to be back in school. I think that a great compromise is. Okay, maybe they're not back in school, but but at least there's some social socialization going on with youth sports and with athletic events, even without people in the stands. We need that. So I'm just saying this isn't even stock up, stock down. But this is just me. Local health departments, local governments, whoever's in charge of this, no, no one seems to know who. Figure it out and figure out a way so that we can for sure have high school sports back in January. No, and I totally vibe with you, Alex, because as an OCC student, the CCCAA, the California Community Colleges Athletic Association has done a terrible job with bringing sports back at the junior college level. And I, as a writer for my school, I always follow them. They haven't updated their 
contingency plan since like June or July, and then we they were planning on coming back to campus. The athletes were a week ago, but then that got postponed two weeks. And just even the athletic director at OCC, they've had so much trouble communicating back and forth, trying to get their athletes back on the field. And the plan was the same with high school, kind of early 2021, but it's just all fallen apart. And I feel like definitely local officials at any level could do a better job of planning, getting athletes back on the field. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I just, we need to, it just, it frustrates me and it doesn't surprise me, but it frustrates me to see how quickly they were able to figure it out for the the pro teams. Just the money talks, and there's no money in high school athletics, but really it might be the most important of all three in terms of like societal value. It's just getting these kids at school, kids that are never going to play beyond high school at all. Kids that are in like CIF Division 9, Division 11. Get them back out on the field if they want to be there. Figure out a safe way to do it. I'm not saying rush them back out and put them at risk, but like from the local health departments, figure that out because everyone's waiting and it's been a lot of waiting and it's time to just get some leadership in there and figure it out. I don't know. I don't have the answers, but that's my take. And I know we're not supposed to talk politics, but I wanted to make a joke about uh, if you want somebody to handle the coronavirus with some moxie and uh, you can go cast your vote by November 3rd. Um, just kidding, though. Well, I mean, you can. Whoever you think is going to do can, that. You, you can. I mean, get rock the freaking vote. Absolutely. Whoever you think is going to fix the problem, go out there and vote because we're not going to tell you who to vote for, but we are going to tell you to vote. Absolutely. Drop it off in a ballot box, mail it in, go in person if you want to wait till November 3rd. Okay, coming up next, the death of true sports journalism. We'll explain to you why it's happening and what we can do about it. Brandon Sprague at 415 to talk Pac-12 football. Hot takes coming at 430. Dodgers baseball is at 508. You're listening to Sports Sunday on 101.5 KOCI.